Championship Sunday is here. Who do you have in the AFC? Who do you have in the NFC? We are going through each matchup on this episode of The Real Football Fans. You don't want to miss it. Fill up those wine glasses. Well, hello there, everyone. Hello, hello. Welcome to The Real Football Fans in New Jersey. This is episode 238. Katie, Woo! how are you feeling on this 238th episode and this snowy, but I guess it's kind of rainy now evening? Yeah, I've got rain over by me now. Um, I really and truly thought we were going to go this whole winter in New Jersey, with at least in our area, without snow. And I even said that my, my parents live in South Carolina and I was talking to my mom on the phone the other day. And I even, I put that out into the universe. I was like, I don't think we're getting snow this winter. And then I called her before, like earlier today. And I was like, I put it out into the universe. It's snowing. <laughs> so Katie, you are not the only one. I literally said on Monday, haven't had a lot of snow. I wonder when it's going to hit us. And yeah. boom, 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 here it comes on it's this so, Wednesday. It's not a lot, though. And like you said, like now it's raining. Yeah, it is raining. And I, I looked back before, and it looks like there's like patches now of like green. So we got a decent amount, honestly, of snow today, I thought. And now it's just getting well, washed away. So if anyone is traveling tomorrow morning early, please be careful mm -hmm. because all that means is that. Ice, rain, ice, everything like that. Yeah. So if you are on the East Coast, and who knows, if you're getting snow all over the world right now, please be careful tomorrow morning. Yes. But we are coming off a, you know, really exciting weekend with the divisional round. And we're going to get into that tonight and a couple of other things with football, with Housewives, obviously the latest and greatest for all of you. But we asked you guys some poll questions before the show tonight. As always, you guys delivered on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you guys, as always, for engaging with us. So we asked you three different questions, uh, two football, one housewives. Let's go ahead and get into it. Yeah. So who do you think will win the AFC championship game? We've got the number one seed, the Kansas City Chiefs, or the number three seed, the Cincinnati Bengals. 72% of you went with the Cincinnati Bengals. So a little bit of an upset there. So I like that, like that, seeing yeah. some some goodness there. Obviously, Katie and I will not share with you our thoughts here because we are going to give you our picks later in the episode. So if you're watching live, stay tuned. If you're listening to the podcast, you can fast forward. I don't know what the timestamp is. Maybe like maybe like 10, 15 minutes or so you can fast forward. You get our picks. Um, but yeah, so I, I like a little bit of the upset there. So good, I, good. I'm, I'm feeling like this is not like, yes, it is one versus three, but I'm feeling like this is not an upset anymore. I think uh, yeah. the Bengals are favorited, are the favorite. And uh, I, obviously, I think the main factor in that one has to do with uh, Patrick Mahomes being a little bit banged up. But of course, we'll talk about that later on. 
All right, and then we're just swapping over to the NFC. So who do you think will win the NFC championship game? Number one, Philadelphia, or number two, the San Francisco 49ers? 60% of you went with San Francisco. So again, you're looking at seed-wise, a little bit of an upset, but I do think, you know, San Francisco's hot, but, you know, you do have a, a good Philly team, so it's a little bit lower than the 72% we saw earlier at 60%, so... Yeah, I think this one is a little bit closer, a little bit tougher for people to decide. But here we go. We've got, you know, you guys are thinking Cincinnati and San Fran. That's both road teams. So, yeah, very interesting. I don't know. I, I don't know off the top of my head when the last time it was that both road teams went on to the Super Bowl. So we will see what happens. We definitely have to look at that statistic. But I got to tell you, and not just the playoffs, like this season in general, I feel like road games for teams have been very exciting. And I don't know what the data is. So if anyone following is like a data guru with the NFL, I want to know how many road games were won this year. Because I know for the Giants, we went out and we won some good road games. But I feel like across the league, we saw some pretty big matchups on the road that ended up in victories with the, mm -hmm. the visiting team. So right. I don't know. It was a weird season altogether. So yeah. maybe that one in there. So, um, but it's, it's funny though, to say a weird season when we're seeing three teams come, you know, visit back and we've got the Eagles and we, things like that. So definitely well, a weird. Also like we're saying it's a, we're saying it's such a weird season, but at the end of the day, we're down to four teams. Two of those are one seeds. We got a two seed and we yeah. got a three seed. So like as unpredictable of a year it was like, we're down to four teams that were sort of predictable. I expected a weird AF final four, to be honest. <laughs> I? Like, I guess maybe that's what made it unpredictable is we right. were expecting it to be more unpredictable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you failed us, NFL. We expected so much weirder. <laughs> All right. Finally, wrapping up with Housewives here. If you could save only one Real Housewives of Salt Lake City cast member, who would you choose? Meredith Marks or Heather Gay? 61% of you went with Meredith. Katie, we can actually share our thoughts on yeah. this one. This I one, think we were the same. So this one was really hard for me, though. If you if this had been after two, we're on season three of uh, Salt Lake City. Yeah. If this had been after two seasons, I would have said Heather. It, it would have been yeah. easy because Meredith, we loved her, her rookie, the season one. We didn't enjoy her as much season two. And you and I always said, oh, Heather has always been the constant for right. us. Like, she's never disappointed us. She's never like pissed us off. And I got to say, like, I, I think I'm maybe one or two episodes behind right now in Salt Lake City season three. But Heather's been kind of annoying this mm -hmm. year. And I know a lot of people online I've seen. It I've heard. Yeah. Way. And Meredith has just been, has been fine. Like she's been, yeah. I'm not going to say she's been like the Meredith of season one where like, right. we just like loved her, but she hasn't done anything that by any means that has made me feel like annoyed with her or anything like that. So it kind of came down to almost like, you know, when in the NFL, they're like, well, it's a business. It's a business. We have to right. make a business decision. I'm making a business decision and I'm saving Heather because I do feel like she is, I said it like an episode or two ago on here. I feel like she is kind of the face of the franchise for Salt Lake City. Yeah. Meredith is really close. Um, but I feel like, you know, when you have that woman who's like sitting right next to Andy at the reunion, or she's the one like holding the apple, like right in the center. Yeah. Like, 
I feel like that's Heather for Salt Lake City. So I went with her. Listen, I 100% agree with you. And I don't think I could say it any better. So I <laughs> <laughs> that's it there definitely yeah. definitely heather as well so we do disagree with a lot of uh, a lot of you guys here it's so close, though. it's really close for me yeah so those are our poll questions obviously as always thank you guys so much for engaging with us we are live on facebook youtube and Twitter right now. I did drop the YouTube link uh, on my personal Twitter. If you guys prefer to watch us over there, it's a little bit easier to engage, but engage with us throughout the episode. We're here to answer your questions. If you have any hot takes, we're always willing to look at those. Um, and then any commentary that you have throughout the show is we're sharing ours. So I'd love to talk to you guys and thanks for watching. Let's move it along. Let's do it. So we are getting into our big stories of the week in the world of football. And I actually love this first one because it is almost like we're going to get to play two games tonight. Oh, I know. Um, I was so happy about that. Two, two games. We, two games. We are going to be talking NFL fact or fiction. So on Monday, Adam Shine wrote an article for NFL.com after the completion of the, the divisional round games. And he made nine statements where he determined if he thought those statements were fact or fiction. We're going to share Adam's answers. Plus, we are going to give you our own. So he's kind of examining those eight teams from the divisional round. We have nine statements here. Let's kick it off with number one. So statement number one is the home teams are poised to win on championship Sunday, which is funny because we just pulled you guys and you have the road teams right. winning. Caitlin and I are also not going to give our answers for this one either, but we will give you our answers for the rest of them. Adam's answer is fiction, and he has gone on to say that he has picked both road teams, Cincinnati and San Fran, who okay. advanced to the Super Bowl. So Adam agrees with, um, you know, our, our voters on our poll. So very interesting there. Statement number two, Mahomes Burrow is the new Manning Brady. And Adam said, fact. Caitlin, how do you feel about this one? I'm going to go with fiction. I think that, Katie, we are fortunate enough right now where there's so many exciting young quarterbacks. Yeah. And there's so much talent in there because you could put Josh Allen in there. You could put Lamar Jackson in there. You know, I'm, I'm hoping things turn around a little bit for Justin Herbert. I know this wasn't the best season for him. But then you even I mean, look the at – dude still finished like still top five in every like statistical right. category. So he's he's fine. Absolutely. And we're looking at, you know, a great second season from, you know, Trevor Lawrence. You look at even someone like Daniel Jones, who really picked his shit to shit up this season. Like, I just think that at the time of Manning Brady, you know, they were really like the standout stars. And it was yeah. that kind of like constant head to head. Um, I just think that we are so lucky to see such a really, really awesome quarterback room across the board here. So yeah. I got to go fiction on this one. Yeah, I know exactly where Adam was going with this. And he was going in the sense that Peyton Manning and Tom Brady met so many times right. in the AFC championship game. And this is going to be like, the, I believe, the third time that... Well, Mahomes and, and Mahomes and Burrow have met before, obviously, in the AFC Championship right. game. Um, I think they've gone head-to-head -head like three times. I think at this point now, Cincinnati is 3-0. and And so, you know, we're getting them again against each other in the AFC Championship game. So part of me wants to say fact because I get where he's going with that. Right. But I am going to go fiction because 
I do feel weird specifically leaving out Josh Allen in, in that yeah. in that mix. Um, I'm not convinced or I can't really necessarily sit here and say how to order those, like put those three quarterbacks, one, two, and three. You know what I mean? So it feels weird. It would be weird if we were going to say Josh Allen and Mahomes is the new, you know, Manning and Brady. And then it's yeah. like, well, we're leaving out Burrow. I feel like they're like the three-headed monster in the AFC. Those are the guys that I'm afraid of the most. They're like three of the most, if not the most talented quarterbacks in the league right now. So I get where he was going with it, but I've got to go fiction. We can't leave out Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. Speaking of... Statement number three, the Bills Super Bowl window is closed. Adam said fiction. Oh, my God, fiction. Oh, the most aggravating thing that I've seen this, this week, Katie, is nothing to do with the New York Giants, what people have been saying this week. It's been what people are saying about the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. Like, oh, my gosh, pump the brakes, guys. You are – and it's some of them it's coming from their fans – you are such a talented organization right now. Josh Allen is a phenomenal quarterback. Do not, you will regret if all your dreams come true that you're saying this week, kick him to the curb, kick Sean McDermott to the curb, kick everything like this. Stop, just stop. This is so fictional. It's not even funny. Yeah. Uh, fiction, definitely fiction. Uh, I think Josh Allen is so incredibly talented. I do believe he's a top three quarterback in the league. He really has to like fix the turnovers. Yeah, uh, he does. That's an issue. He's got to fix that. That's not going to, you can't have that next right. year. Um, but with that being said, he's still always playing at an MVP caliber, uh, caliber level. My only thing is, is like, I've picked the Bills, I think like the last two years to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So their window is not closed, but it feels very disappointing that they're not getting there. Like they are, they, to me, like going into this season, we're going to be the number one team. Like I thought they were going to be the team to beat not just in the AFC, across the board. And I just feel like- I just think it shows how competitive the NFL has become. Like it's It does, it does. But I also feel like, damn, like Buffalo, like you gotta get to the Super Bowl because you're talented enough, you're scary enough of yeah. a team, you've got this MVP quarterback. And like the fact that like, it's one thing when like every year when, when Dallas doesn't make it to the Super right. Bowl, it's like, we all expect that. We all expect, no, it's, yeah. But the Bills not- having the team that they have and right. not getting there. It's like, Oh my God, you got to get right. there. You got to yeah. get there. So it's not close, but those windows only stay open so long for certain teams. I mean, we're not going to see the new England Patriots where for like, however long they were always, you know, right. It's yeah. hard to do. So they got to take advantage of the team that they have and they got to take advantage of it right now. Yep. All right. Number four, the Eagle swagger is back. Adam said fact. I'm going fiction on this one. It's been one season. I, I understand like when the Eagles are scary, it's like, and we, we see them all the time. Like it's not something you want to go up against. You look at their fan base, you look at everything across the board. Like when they're good, it's not something you really want to come across. You don't even want to go across them when they, they stink to be honest. But I got to tell you, Katie, I think they had more swagger in that Super Bowl season where no one expected them to go through and, and win with Nick Foles. Uh, right now, they're one of the best teams in this league, you know, one of the best records. And I just don't think that that 
that type of swagger is there. And, and if they come out next season, same thing, no matter what happens this weekend or potentially in the Super Bowl, if they make it, I don't know. I, I still got to see like maybe one more like positive season for them to see that like quote unquote swagger. Yeah, I guess I didn't look at it like long term. And I'm just talking about well, right now. So I did say fact for right now. I feel like I don't trust any team in the NFC East. Like we never have like repeating division champions right. from like yeah. season to season. So yeah, we could see like the Eagles or the Giants of recent, mm -hmm. you know, history more so over the Cowboys and right. Washington win Super Bowls and then you know next year or next two miss the playoffs miss the playoffs for a while right. just be kind of an average team so i kind of agree with you where it's like i'm not saying philly's going to be bad next year it's just i haven't seen it where they've been consistently like good for right. several seasons i just think right now especially unfortunately coming off of the game they just had in the divisional round, I feel like they're feeling themselves and I feel like their swagger is back. All right, number five, the 49ers defense will be the best unit on championship Sunday. So this means out of the four teams that are left, you're looking at all the team's defenses and all of their offense offenses. So which unit do you think is going to be the best? Adam's going fact that it will be the 49ers defense. Caitlin, what do you think? I'm agreeing with this one. I think a lot of these, and I, I think it's interesting when you throw the offenses into the mix, because I think they all four teams have like the most unique offenses. <laughs> like you really can just like all sit them down and just be like, wow, like each team has something like uh, different to deliver on offense, something different to offer up to you. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's different across the board for all four teams, but you look at the defenses and you're just like the Niners are the ones that will literally kick you in the face. They kept it a low scoring game last week. I'm not really sure how much higher it'll get this week. I hope maybe their offense could kick it up a bit, but I just think that that shows that their defense stands out and they reign supreme. So I got to go with defense here. So I, I am agreeing with this fact. All right. Well, before I give you my answer, just so you guys know, with these, looking at all of the units, all four teams, offense and defense, with the four remaining teams, you have the number one defense in San Fran, the number two defense with Philly, you have the number one offense with Kansas City, and you have the number three offense with Philly. So we're looking at really good, like offensive and defensive units with these right. four remaining teams. I'm going to go fiction and it pains me to say Ooh. this and I'll get into it further, but I'm going to go with Philly defense. Ah, Yeah. Sorry. They so, are good though. They're good. They're good. They're good. Um, all right. Number six, the Jaguars will be back. And Adam said fact. I'm going to fact on this one too. I think they've proved it that and back isn't, you know, going to win the Super Bowl next year, but no, I think no. back is, is getting on the board. And this is coming from someone I ranked them as the worst team coming into this season. I think we even did a couple of weeks in and I still ranked them at 32. So listen, you guys got me to stick my foot in my mouth. So <laughs> good for you guys. I'm going facts. They should win the division. They're totally yep. capable of winning the division again next year. They are. Uh, and the years to come, you've got a young quarterback, 
You've got your head coach. You've got a great running back. Like you've got pieces. They can, they can be successful. They can, that's not, it's not really a strong division. They can win that division, you know, going forward and, mm-hmm. and make the playoffs. And that to me would say the Jaguars are back. Yeah. All right. Number seven, the Giants must bring back Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Adam said fiction. And he said fiction because he said the price has to be right with their contracts. So I am agreeing with Adam on this one because of his little asterisk. For me, I personally think that the Giants need to bring both of them back from a talent perspective, from just kind of like an overall team mentality perspective, um, leadership and things like that. Um, But I got to say the price and what really we've been shooting ourselves in the foot in years past with, you know, uh, you know, I don't think Dave Gettleman did a really good job with restructuring contracts and doing signing certain people and things like that. So Joe Shane has a lot on his plate and he really needs to look at these two individuals yeah. and, you know, Adam's absolutely correct. If the price is right, uh, we have to bring both of them back. If it's not though, unfortunately, we're going to have to say at this point, we're going to have to say goodbye to one of them. If we're not meeting our true numbers. So, um, cause again, it look at us last season, we were, it was scrape, like scraping the bottom of the barrel. And fortunately for us, we're going to now we're, we have one of the highest caps, uh, mm-hmm. but that took like over a year and a half to get to. So we got to yeah. be very, very smart. And I think Joe Sane is smart. And we've been saying it all season long, Katie, we trust his decision-making. We trusted Brian Dable's decision-making. So uh, it might be hard these coming weeks and coming months, but we're going to have some decisions and they will be made. I'm going fact. Um, I'm going to say that they must bring them back. And of course, I understand your asterisk and Adam's asterisk with it. I think the issue, especially if we're going to talk about that asterisk and the price of the contract, I'm looking more so at Daniel Jones because I'm saying to myself, okay, if we don't want to pay Daniel Jones, whatever, and we part ways with him, right? Mm -hmm. Well, who are we bringing in? We've got the 25th pick in the NFL draft. I do you know, I don't think we're getting our next franchise quarterback there. No. I don't think necessarily think the Giants want to start over with a rookie quarterback. I know yeah. I don't. I don't. Then you're looking at the free agents. I think quarterback wise, there's not there's not that much to choose from. We broke down free agents. We ranked the top three by positions. I forget who my top three were. I know your top three was Lamar Jackson, Daniel Jones, and Geno Smith. Hmm. Lamar Jackson is going to demand a frick ton more money than Daniel Jones will. So he's out of the mix. Geno Smith might ask for money. I think is probably maybe going to be on par with Daniel Jones money. So to me, it's like, I think we don't have the options. I think you must bring back Daniel Jones. Now, Saquon is tough. And, you know, he can demand top running back money because he is one of the top running backs in the NFL. That makes me a little bit nervous. I do like I heard his one interview where he was saying, like, I'm going to be realistic. I'm not trying to come out and set the new like market for running backs. So I appreciate that. But I think that's more so you got to bring him back because he's like the face of the franchise. He's your veteran. He's your leader. He's like your heart and soul of the New York Giants. Yeah. You got to bring both of these guys back. Yeah. All right. All right. Number eight, the Cowboys should make a coaching change. Adam said fiction. 
Listen, I'm sad. I do not like Mike McCarthy and everything he's doing in Dallas. I said fact on this one. Listen, if the Giants can recycle people left and right and have the season they did this year by finally finding someone, I think Jerry Jones can move some people around there. So I'm not saying it is the strategy because I know the two of us like disagree with just like recycling people after one season. But I think Mike McCarthy's been there long enough to it's it's over, in my opinion. I don't like him. I hated that. We'll get into it later. I hated that last call that he made and he didn't have a like, response to it like mm-hmm. what what are you doing dude games on the line playoffs here like that was the dumbest thing i've ever seen a coach should not be making that decision yeah i'm going fact i'm not super convinced or super sold that mike mccarthy is like this really good nfl head coach and i specifically put that i think it's kind of weird to get rid of a coach who brings you to the playoffs But Mike McCarthy also brought the Green Bay Packers to the playoffs every single season. But eventually Green Bay parted ways with him because he couldn't win the big games. And the same exact thing is happening with him in Dallas. So it's like if Green Bay was like, yeah, this isn't cutting it. I I don't think this is cutting it either for the Dallas Cowboys. So I got to go fact on this. Yeah. Um, last but not least is another Cowboys one. Dak Prescott isn't the quarterback to take Dallas to the Super Bowl. Adam is saying fact. Katie, I'm saying fact too. And I gotta tell you, this was like the happiest one to put fact next to. We could shit on every NFC East team, we all their players, we could be biased and be like, I hate them, all this stuff. Dak Prescott sincerely proved to me this year that he is not the guy. I do not believe in him in any way, shape, or form. You cannot come off a five-game stretch where you did not play and then lead the league in interceptions. That is not it. That means you're making stupid decisions. You're not connecting with your all-star offense. You have a kick-ass offense. I don't want to hear excuses. I would kill for the offense and the defense that the Dallas Cowboys have. And Look at what Daniel Jones did with God knows who he's throwing to over the right-hand side, left-hand side. Who even knows who's in the end zone at that point? He threw it to every person that had their hands wide open. And Dak Prescott can't even make a solid play to CeeDee Lamb to pass it off successfully to Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. Give me a goddamn break. I don't believe it's him, and I think this season really, truly proved it. I'm going fiction. (laughs) That was not my get it off my chest. It was very passionate. <laughs> I'm going fiction. I'm, I'm kind of looking at the league across the board, and I'm looking at, like, how many teams have really subpar quarterbacks. That is fair. So I'm, I'm looking at it more so in, like, a broad scope and being like, you know, it's really hard to win a Super Bowl unless you have one of, like, one of those better quarterbacks. Right. And I do think that Dak does fall into the category of like, yes, you're certain that he's your team's franchise quarterback. He's capable of winning. He's capable of putting up good stats. Yes, we are not seeing the success in the postseason. We also never saw that success from Tony Romo. And yeah, they never won a Super Bowl, but you didn't part ways from Tony Romo. I just don't see them. I don't think they should part ways with Dak. I look at him and I look at so many other teams' quarterback situations, and they would kill to have Dak Prescott to try to have a shot at the postseason, at the Super Bowl. I'm going fiction on this. 
Oof, I love having a game mid episode. <laughs> that yeah. was good. And it's honestly, it's we are at a point, Katie, where we're going. There's four teams left. But yeah. We just dissected so many different things that. Yeah. And it kind of helped us also. We're about to talk about the divisional round. It kind of helps us break down the divisional round a bit and what those teams are going to look like going forward. Absolutely. All right. So let's get in. Yes. We had a quite, quite the weekend here. So listen, Patrick Mahomes uh, hit a right angle injury, but uh, it was they ended up winning 27 to 20 over Jacksonville, and they're going to their fifth straight AFC championship game. So uh, Patrick Mahomes has been practicing this week. There was video footage of him actually practicing today to kind of like use some speculations yeah. and things like that. He actually was practicing. So I, I got to tell you, I'm a little nervous for him on Sunday, but uh, he seemed to be in a lot of pain, but – I know we were both joking like an injured Patrick Mahomes is probably better than many other people. Yep. <laughs> so some people want that. I would take that. So, but it's, so we'll see what happens, but I truly hope that he is okay. Cause if they move yeah. on to the Super Bowl, you got to be a hundred percent. So that's yeah. the clearly the big game. Mm -hmm. um, so really, really uh rough game for the New York giants, uh, but Philadelphia led the game 28 to nothing at halftime. Uh, they ended up beating the New York giants 38 to seven, uh, two passing touchdowns and run one, excuse me, one rushing touchdown uh, from quarterback Jalen hurts. So they really locked up the game. I told, I said last week that they had to get up three, three scores ahead of us early. Uh, they did they four. Did they did four ahead of us early. Yeah. So uh, you're welcome for giving you guys that game plan. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but really tough game. Uh, it sucks to end the season, but you know, a lot of positives came from our season. So I'm going to. Yeah. I think the best thing Giants fans can do is take a step back and look at the season at a yep. whole and if someone were to tell you before the season started that you would make the playoffs, not only make the playoffs, but win a playoff game, you would like you number one, you wouldn't believe it, but right. number two, you would be absolutely ecstatic. And so, right. yes, this is disappointing, especially being against Philly, but like I kind of got over my being sad pretty quickly because I'm like, wow, like, we weren't even supposed to be here. I know. You know what I mean? And I look at the talent on Philly's roster compared to what we have. And that doesn't like make me feel so bad either because I'm like, you know what, you know, if we had those right. kind of stars and then we lost 38, seven, then that I would sucks. feel much worse. But right. we were out there like, you know, trying to make things happen with what we had and it's, it's okay. I can live with that. Yeah. So we move on. <laughs> All right, Cincinnati, they're going to their second straight AFC championship game because they beat the Buffalo Bills 27 to 10. So I don't think anybody in America had no. that final score. No, no. And if you did, let us know. And I want to see you receipts. You want a lot of money. <laughs> you did. You want a lot of money. We want to see receipts. So, yeah, but they're going back to they've got that same matchup from last year. So we're getting yeah. a repeat AFC championship game with Cincinnati and Kansas City. Yep. All right, San Francisco quarterback Brock Purdy is just the fifth rookie quarterback to make a conference championship game uh, because the Niners beat Dallas 
Thank you. 19 to 12. So a pretty low scoring game uh, yeah. there. So, um, and then, you know, unfortunately Dallas did lose running back Tony Pollard uh, to an ankle injury. So we definitely saw a little bit of a miss there. And then also to Dak Prescott, like I mentioned earlier, the interceptions, he had two interceptions in this game. And then we did, we did get a missed extra point by Brett Maher. I don't know how, but he was, Katie, this is so mind boggling. He's yeah. on point for his field goals. You put yeah. this kid like 60 yards away and nails it. You put him right up against the freaking goal. And he's like, nah, I don't want to make this. It so just, it was such a mental battle. Like it really, you was. saw it in his face when he missed yeah. it. I texted you and I was like, he's seeing ghosts. Like he yeah. just like, it was like unheard of what he had just done. Um, but then he gone on, he went what to two field goals in a row that he nailed from like yeah. 40 yards. Like he did such a good job there. So it's really sucks. But I definitely, I don't think anyone was <laughs> ready to actually accept that, but he did do that. So yeah. really, really interesting weekend. I thought the Sunday slate was a lot better, obviously uh, putting all yeah. bias aside of our tr uh, tremendous loss on Saturday night. Well, we had two lopsided games. We right. had a good game on Saturday and we had one good game on Sunday and the other two were lopsided. And so overall, I, I do feel like we ended though with a good one. Like that, that Dallas Niners right. game, Dallas had a chance to still win it at the very end of the game. Like, so that was that was one of the better, if not the best game of the weekend. I must say, even though the score was 27 to 10, I, I did enjoy the Buffalo Cincinnati game because that score is not particularly close, but I do felt I felt like the whole time like it was a close game. Well, like the whole, it's because the whole time you were on the edge of your seat waiting for Buffalo to come to, back and make it yeah. a game because you knew right. it was the Buffalo Bills and it just didn't yeah. end up happening. And and I gotta tell you, I, there was definitely the whole all of America was watching and probably yeah. the world, our game. And they were probably like, oh shit, 14, nothing. Let's go. Home. <laughs> I still have my Saturday night left. Let's go. Out. I mean, honestly, at that point, funny story from that. So uh, we all know my boyfriend is an Eagles fan. So we got to shut that side. Um, he went to the game and a Giants fan actually sat next to him during oh, the game. God. Gets into the stadium, actually passed out before kickoff, got too drunk, passed out, slept on the entire game. I got a picture received to me midway through the game claiming that this was a Giants fan. He's been sleeping the whole time. And I texted back. I go, you know what? I wish Must I were. Nice. I wish I were that man right now. Must be nice to not be awake feeling the pain. He missed the end. So he doesn't have a memory of the game. I was just Although like, you I know what? I feel bad that he spent that money on that ticket yeah. just to sleep, just to take a nice nap. I go, well, must be nice to just not even watch this misery right now. Yeah. So funny story. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, let's get into, I'm dying to hear these. Let's get into our AFC NFC championship game picks. We've just got two games to choose from. You guys gave us your picks on our poll results. Now it's time that you hear from us. And of course, in our game, we will break down our scores, our MVPs, our keys to the game. But for right now, just straight up, Caitlin, who are you taking this weekend? All right. Well, I can't even say we're, we're starting on Sunday. It is Sunday. So we're starting at the early matchup uh, yes. for the NFC Championship. I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. And for the AFC Championship, I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals. All right. So I'm on the road with our listeners and, and, Adam. With, and Adam, Adam Shine. 
and Adam Shine. All right, all right, all right. All right. Okay. Who do you got? In the early game on Sunday, in the A, no, in the NFC Championship game, I am going with, and I'll give my explanation why after I give both of my picks. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh my God! Is your husband killing you? No, I already told, broke that news to him, and he told me he understood why I was saying what I was saying. Oh, such a um, and then <laughs> in the AFC Championship game. I am going with the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, so we got one. Yeah, of course we're going to break it down further of like why we think this and, and what the keys are. Uh, I will say that before I really dove into my answers for our game, I kind of had in my head already who I thought I was going to pick. And I was pretty positive I was going to pick Philly without doing any reading, without looking at other people's picks, nothing. I said, you know what? You know when you just get that gut feeling that, that something feeling. bad is going to happen to you? Well, the Philadelphia Eagles going to the Super Bowl would be really bad for me, and I've got a gut feeling that it's going to come to fruition. So I was like, this is the universe, and the universe doesn't like me, and they're going to put the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. So that is that was one of my reasons for picking them. It would make my life a goddamn hell. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears> – <throat> That's what we got. All right. All right. Well, we do have one we agree on. So either way, though, I think this weekend is going to be great. As Katie yeah. said, we are going to get into it. We are going to map out each matchup uh, a little bit later on. So, yes. all right, let's do some housewives talk here real quick. So we've got some rumored new cast member, oh, a rumored new cast member for the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yes. So we've got some rumors swirling going on right now that there's going to be a new cast member joining Beverly Hills for season 13. Her name is Ida. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, Ada. 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 It's A-Y-D-A. So Ida. 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 I don't know. I, I can't. Well, you know I mean, yeah, we don't know. Ida. Ada. Uh, Field. And she is a friend of Crystal, who's on the show right now, um, as well of wife of singer Robbie Williams. Uh, oh, so excuse me, she is the wife, excuse me, uh, of Robbie Williams. She has four children with there. So uh, she's a Turkish American actress. So Turkish American, we think of Jennifer Aiden here, obviously. Oh, I didn't um, think of that, but yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, she is known for appearances on Days of Our Lives and the British X Factor. I do not know her from British X factor but her and i don't i don't watch soap operas i don't know days of our lives but her face kind of has that like familiarity to it so and it definitely i don't watch i don't think i've ever watched british x factor uh i believe one direction was on british x factor so that's what i know from them years okay. ago like 10 plus years ago <laughs> so, um but like i could see yeah so if you guys look her up she definitely has like that familiar face so it probably is from Days of Our Lives. Yeah. Um, it's been on other things, too. Those are just kind of right. like the ones that you would maybe recognize for the most. Yeah. Um, so Beverly Hills, obviously, uh, they had a cash shakeup with Lisa Rinna and Diana Jenkins leaving. Um, but we're going to see 
uh, Erica Jane, Garcelle Bevis, uh, Sutton Strack, Dorit Kemsley, and Crystal appear to be returning for this next season. Um, Kyle Richards, a little bit up in the air here. Uh, She had made some comments indicating that her time on the show may be up soon. Who knows? That might just be a dramatic thing. So, Listen, I mean, yeah, that's if Kyle isn't there, you know, you've got four or five girls. Obviously, you're going to have to pull someone into the mix, I think. But losing Kyle, like if you lost Kyle, that would be massive. Like those are like whether you love them or hate them, they're staples. Like those are big time players. And then you're also losing Diana there. So that could potentially be three total. You absolutely need to fill some spots here. That would be Um, massive. So we'll see. It seems like every franchise is having a casting shakeup, but um, yeah. we'll see how we, we need some. I feel like in the past, Bravo was really bad with their new cast members, like really oh, bad. Yeah. Like they would be one and done. So I do feel like they've been a bit better over the last couple of years yeah. um, across the board. So we'll see. We'll see if uh, Ada fits the bill with the Beverly Hills girls. We shall see. But let's, speaking of cast members or potential cast members, on Saturday, an article for 2fab.com came out listing eight celebrities who almost joined the Real Housewives. We have, of course, heard so many names over the years being rumored, but the eight that we're going to give you actually, you know, have some backup proof to it a little bit that they have once been considered for the show. So we're going to go through this list of these eight women, recognizable names. We are going to reveal from that list who we would most want to see. And then also give you a little bonus of what celebrity is not on that list that you think would make a good Real Housewives. So the ones that have been considered, the eight, they include actress Julia Fox. I don't know Julia Fox from any TV show or movie or anything like that, other than the fact that she was like that first one to kind of sort of date Kanye West after yeah. him and Kim Kardashian got divorced. That's like what I know her from. The weirdest person. <laughs> a little weird. She's a little weird. She revealed she was approached by a producer to appear on The Real Housewives of New York but at that time said uh, the timing wasn't right for her. So I literally only know her because of the Kanye West thing too. Yeah. Um, Kobe Bryant's wife, Vanessa Bryant has turned down several offers to join real housewives of orange County. I do feel like, especially with losing Kobe and everything, I I kind of feel like she is a little more private of a person. And so maybe, you know, it's, being having a private life and being a real housewife they don't they don't mix too well um okay so actress heather locklear she is a friend and former co-star of lisa rinna's Mm -hmm. um so her name has popped up in the past we've got actress Jana kramer who claimed her and ex-husband mike pausen who is a former nfl football player um auditioned for the show but never heard back those two are so many ties now divorced. I remember yeah. I actually would have been okay back in the day when she was with Mike to see her on the show because she would have a juicy storyline. Right. He reportedly like cheated on her left and right. Like he had like a sex addiction. Like 
they came with a lot of baggage. So they kind of were housewife material, but I think it was more so them fishing to get on the right. show than it was Bravo being interested in them. Right, yeah. Um, actress Allie Landry, who has been considered for Beverly Hills on several occasions since she is friends with Kyle and Garcelle. Actress Jenny Garth, who said she was approached about a role with Beverly Hills in 2017. We have actress Christy Swanson, who was interviewed for Orange County, but nothing came of it. And lastly, we have actress Marielle Hemingway, who made it through early stages of discussions, but didn't end up working out. Caitlin, who from this list would you have liked to see maybe potentially been on one of these franchises? Yeah, I think the interesting thing from this list, like you said, there's so many rumors out there always. Yeah. I feel like this list is kind of like blah to like the rumors we've heard of like other people like attempting to yeah. join. So I guess it just shows that like this is who is actually has come close to maybe the finish line yeah, or been approached. These are actual realistic names rather than when we hear the exciting names. Those are people right. just pushing for like who they want to see. Like, apparently, like, Paris Hilton joining Beverly Hills with her mom. Which, by the way, she just had a baby. She just announced yeah. it today. So, so excited for Paris Nikki Hilton. She was rumored like, in the past because yeah. she's sort of kind of friends with Melissa Gorga. Right. You so always hear crazy names in the mix. Yeah. So, I must say from this list, like, the most attractive one for me to join uh -huh. a... A franchise, and it doesn't make sense now. So, like, I want people to understand that. Okay. Um, but I want to say Vanessa Bryant on this one. You know, obviously, when when Kobe was alive, I think it would be, you know, a lot. I, don't, I just I wouldn't want to do that to her now. That's a thing. Like, I would never want to impede on someone's life now, especially hers. Um, I do think when Kobe was alive, though, it would have been very interesting. I've always wanted to tap into their family a little bit more. Like, I love the story, you know, of his daughters with, you know, playing sports yeah. and things like that. Like, would we have gotten a little bit more into that? Like, maybe she would have been like kind of the housewife that, you know, you and I rooted for things like that. So um, are we just doing the one from this list first? Yeah, we can do okay. it with mine. Um, I also said Vanessa Bryant. Yeah. This is kind of going off the mix of our show. Like, I'm a sports fan. We're mm -hmm. sports fans. Like, you know, Kobe is Kobe. And so, yes, like Vanessa Bryant, she's not an actress. She's not a model. Right. She's Kobe Bryant's wife. Um, but we are sports fans. And I feel as though the actresses that we do have on this list, they're not A-list or maybe necessarily even B-list actresses, like big names that you would be super pumped and excited for. I think yeah. Heather Locklear is pretty big, but a lot of these other names are just like, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Vanessa Bryant. Yeah. Okay, who is not on this list of celebrities? Maybe the ones we have heard out there that mm -hmm. seem outlandish or like, oh, they're never going to happen, but we wish. Yeah. Who are you going with? All right, so hear me out on both of these right here. Okay. So, so the first one is basically I picked her because she got very intimate, like with her family and like, you know, her life on social media, like when COVID happened, which a lot of people oh, okay. did. But she's too sweet. So I don't know if she would survive. I'm going with Reese Witherspoon. I love Reese Witherspoon. And Katie, she has opened her doors like prior to like okay. during COVID. And like she's got a great TikTok account, like her okay. Instagram, everything like that. I think it's wild that her daughter looks just like her. Oh it's really gosh. scary. They're Crazy. twins. So I just like she gives you like a little bit on I, like, I want more. But again, I think she's too like 
sweet. Like I think they'd eat her alive, but like, okay. I just, I, I really would like to see like more of her. So like that one's a little out there and a little wild. Yeah. And my second one is me being very deep. Like I, I'm being like the devil here. I want Patrick Mahomes, wife on housewives so they can eat her alive katie okay. i don't want to okay. see her every week i'm good with that i'm good with they're that. from kansas city so god knows what housewives she would be on but i would love for she to go up against like a vicky a lisa vanderpump uh, yeah. a someone that. like that i'm down for that a luann <laughs> and for her to get just ripped apart because right now she gets ripped apart on social media i would love for a strong ass independent woman to go up to her and be like listen b and just rip it out Maybe of her they gotta start the real housewives of kansas city i guess so that's my second one because i wanted okay. to tie it to our show somehow and i was like you know what that's a good freaking one all right well i know my answer you are all game for this is one of those dream scenarios where this name gets thrown out and she actually has come out and said yeah i'd love to join the housewives why not actress jennifer coolidge oh hell yeah on the real housewives of beverly hills you obviously she's huge right now she's always been around but right now she's yeah. huge for being on white lotus she is cleaning up an award season right now, winning all the awards, and she's just a queen, and she would be absolutely amazing on The Housewives. All, all right. right. All right, all right. So we are playing game number two for the evening. What <laughs> will be in the AFC and the NFC? Yeah. Obviously, like the last couple of weeks, we are dissecting the playoff games for you. So we're looking at the NFC and AFC championship game matchups this weekend. And we are going to fill in the blank for you these predictions that we've been making uh, each weekend. So let's start with our number one Philadelphia Eagles versus the number two uh, San Francisco 49ers. This is the matchup. and We're going through a couple different scenarios here. So Katie, the Eagles are going to win if? The Eagles will win if they make it a nightmare day for Brock Purdy. Um, Purdy had a tough time. I, I thought he had a little bit of a tough time last week with Dallas's defense. He's going to face an even better Philadelphia defense, especially the pass rush. Uh, their third most, they've got the third most sacks in NFL history for a single season with 75. Yeah. I'm a little, you know, that makes me very, very worried that some of those sacks, because there will be sacks, you know, you've got to be nervous that, you know, they could turn into turnovers. Um, and yeah, I think, like I said, I said earlier that I thought Philly defense was going to be the top unit of the weekend. And I, I think Purdy's going to have a little bit of trouble with them. Well, Katie, I couldn't agree with you more. And my statement was they're one of the first teams to show Rock Purdy's rookie status. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be, it's going to be a real challenge. All right. The 49ers will win if. So I'm going to say the 49ers will win if they're able to successfully run the ball and take that pressure off of Brock Purdy. Yep. Um, Philadelphia defense surrendered 4.6 yards per carry against the run this year, which was actually ninth worst in the league for, you know, the number mm -hmm. uh, two defense in the league. And when Sam Fran averages 4.6 yards per carry, they're 11 and three and have won six straight when doing so. So this is going to be going to have to be a Christian McCaffrey game. You're going to have to take that yeah. pressure off of Brock Purdy because they're going to be coming after him all game long. 
So I'm going defense here, um, and I did mention that I do think the Niners defense will reign supreme this weekend. So uh, they need, you know, man-tight coverage on both A.J. Brown uh, and Devontae Smith this entire game. I don't like balls going to them. Obviously, the Giants had a really rough game against, you know, Dallas Goddard last week, tight end, but I think the Niners will be okay there. Um, okay. you got to shut both uh, A.J. Brown and, and Devontae Smith here, plus – I'm seeing the three turnovers from Jalen Smith if this defense is really going to come out and stop them big. So I see a defensive game from the 49ers here. All right. All right. The quarterback with the most passing yards will be. I'm going with Jalen Hurts. So am I. A lot of weapons around him there. The running back with the most receiving yards will be. The running back with the most receiving yards. Oh, sorry. <laughs> rushing I yards. The running back with the most rushing yards will be, like I said, because it's going to be the key to their game. It's going to be Christian McCaffrey. I'm going with Christian McCaffrey. And listen, Christian McCaffrey, if you get the most receiving yards, good for you. I mean, <laughs> he very well could. He very good, well could. Good for you, buddy. All right. The wide receiver with the most receiving yards will be. I'm going to go with AJ Brown. And I'm flipping the switch here from wide receiver to tight end. I'm going to go with George Kittle. Yeah. I mean, Brock Purdy loves George Kittle. That's his he guy. Does. So I'm, I'm, listen, I pick Philly. Obviously, you guys know I'm hardcore rooting for the 49ers, and I'd love to see a big game from George Kittle. All right. The MVP of the game will be? It's going to be defense for Philly. It's going to be Hassan Reddick. Mm, I do like that pick, especially if they pull the game off and that defense is big. I obviously picked the 49ers, um, and I think it's just, again, this is a popularity contest and just kind of how he's come so far. If the Niners pull this off. I think Brock Purdy is going to win MVP of this game. Let's see it. I'd be, I'd be cool with it. Let's do it. All right, and the final score of this game will be? My final score is going to be 24-20 Philly. I do okay. think it is going to be like a little bit more defensive. I don't think it's going to be a shootout. And you know how I said like I picked Philly like already in my mind because I'm like, oh, like that's just I have a gut feeling that it's going to go bad for me. Yeah. John Breach from CBS Sports, I feel like summed it up better when he said, I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to have a huge game against the 49ers. But I like his chances against San Francisco's defense more than I like Purdy's chances against Philadelphia's defense. Okay. Okay. So as much as you're saying, like, I think, like, if the Niners win, I think Brock Purdy can be the MVP. And I know yeah. you're very – you're the key to the game for you for San Fran is their defense. I do like uh, – like he said, I do like Jalen Hurts' chances against the 49ers' defense yeah. versus Purdy's against Philly's defense. All right. And I love that little anecdote there. I thought that was really good. Um, my final score is I'm a little bit lower. Same with you. Uh, I'm going 27-17 San Francisco. All right. All I right. hope you're right, girl. Yeah. I hope you're right. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> Please, Katie, be wrong. All right, let's move into the night game on Sunday. Yes. We have the number one Kansas City Chiefs versus the number three Cincinnati Bengals. So, Katie, how are the Chiefs going to win this game? Also, because I always note this every week when we do these, these two teams played each other in week 13 and Cincinnati won 27 to 24. Mm -hmm. They've played very tight games against yeah. each other. Uh, the Chiefs will win if their defense is the hero. They're second in sacks this year. And Cincinnati, like I mentioned last week, they've got that banged up offensive line. 
take the pressure off a hurt Patrick Mahomes and make big plays to help your offense. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going with here. So Buffalo wasn't able to expose uh, Cincinnati's, you know, hurt offensive line. They are not doing great right now. And they were not able to kind of penetrate that line and get to Joe Burrow. That's exactly what the Kansas City Chiefs have to do. They they are banged up. It is there. It's written in the stars for them. So they literally need to expose that dented offensive line that we see right there. Absolutely. All right, and the Bengals are going to win if? Again, this isn't one of those things where, like, they can't win for other reasons or, like, I have them winning, and yes. But the Bengals are going to win if Patrick Mahomes isn't healthy enough or he could possibly re-aggravate that high ankle sprain even more so. You know, I I hate that to be the answer, but it really is a huge, huge, huge factor. Over the last five years, quarterbacks have thrown for a combined 37 touchdown passes from outside the pocket in the playoffs, and Mahomes has 15 of those. If he's unable to move around and do his Patrick Mahomes thing and keep drives alive and bounce around, I don't see how the Chiefs will win this one. Yeah, so I'm actually going to reverse what you said, but I'm going to throw it to the Bengals here. Um, I do obviously have them winning this game. I have their offense being pretty big in this game. Joe Burrow's got to be able mm-hmm. to move move around in the space, especially if they do get to that offensive line. He needs, yeah. to, like you just said with Patrick Mahomes, he's got to do the reverse. He's got to be able to do that for the Bengals there. He's got to be deep in the pocket or move himself up the way, and he has to hit multiple targets. We saw this last week. Mm-hmm. Chase. Mixon, Higgins, Hurst, he's got to hit his entire list of, of offensive targets here. Yeah. So I think that's exactly how uh, the Bengals will win this game. Yep. The quarterback with the most passing yards will be? I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. I'm going with Joe Burrow as well. All right, the running back with the most rushing yards will be? This is nothing against Joe Mixon. I'm going to go with Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, it's interesting. I did. I, I put the two of them up next to each other, and I did look past at the most recent games. But like I had said, gone back before for you know the Bengals winning this game, they got a hit on so many era, areas, and I think Joe Mixon has proved himself to really rush for that team and be Joe yeah. Burrow's guy when he needs to be. And there, yeah. there might be some moments where you know Kansas City does crash in, and he's got to hand it off quickly. So I am going with Joe Mixon on this one. All right. The wide receiver with the most receiving yards will be. This is a gut feeling. It's been a lot of Jamar Chase as the top receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. I think this weekend it's going to be a game for T. Higgins. Yeah, I love that pick. I do love T. Higgins. Uh, I am going with though the what we've seen <laughs> over and over again. Old rival. It's not not hard. Uh, I'm going with Jamar Chase here. All right. All right. The MVP of the game will be Joe Burrow. Well, to fall suit with just kind of big numbers here, I'm actually going to go with Jamar Chase on this one. Okay. All right. Final score prediction. What do you got? I'm going with 28-24 Cincinnati. And my fun fact is that since 2014, there has been a total of 13 AFC or NFC title games that have been rematches from the regular season. And in those 13 games, the team that won during the regular season has gone 10 and three in that title game rematch. So that stat favors the Cincinnati Bengals. It's not why I'm picking them, but it right. is definitely an interesting fun fact. 
Love when you bring your fun facts to the table. Uh, my final score of the game will be 30 to 27 Cincinnati. We're pretty close. Yeah, I think on both scores, we were pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. It's going to be crazy. So crazy. But uh, that is our game. It is now the point in the night where we get it off our chest. Positive, negative football, housewives, life, wine, playoffs. What do you got for us? Well, for the Giants, we have entered our postseason now, so um, which has been a wild a couple of days. It's only Wednesday. We lost on Saturday. Yeah. It is Wednesday. And Katie, I was telling you earlier before the show, I have seen people on Twitter every day come out with a new mock draft. Just my full transparency. You guys need to get a freaking life and do something else. every day. It's new. It's I appreciate it, people. I'm out here reading them. So you, you do you. Listen, I'm reading them katie but if, when it's the same person every day coming out with that's a new a thing that's oh my god and it's multiple people like, it's a lot like i'll mock draft for you tomorrow if you want me to but i'm How gonna take your picks change from day to day like i don't it's, understand it's wild no people are throwing all things there it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks they're throwing oh, so much out there but obviously a lot of conversation right now now that multiple teams have exited from last weekend we have four teams left in the mix there's a lot of off season and a lot of discussion going on so yeah. one of the things that i had seen uh you know today that i that i made commentary on on twitter um and i had some good back and forth with some people on twitter um and then you know it's interesting cuz this had come up i would say like six weeks ago so obviously deandre hopkins future in uh you know arizona is questionable we're not right. sure what's going on there uh pretty you know missed a couple games you know end of the season not great for you know the cardinals you know we're gonna we're gonna see some new management there we're gonna see some new maybe potential new players things like that so who knows what's going on so his future is up in the air. So one of the things we heard like six weeks ago, like could the Giants actually potentially pick him up mid-season as they were going towards potential playoff run and things like that? It's now coming back out again because, you know, the Giants season is over and he was listed amongst, it was like the Giants, the Ravens, the Browns, I think, and two other teams that could okay. potentially uh, be interested in. And then I did also see today as well that they've already actually inquired about, you know, potential things. So here's my, just my opinion. And I, again, I already expressed this on Twitter today, the wide receiver position for the New York giants. I feel lately over the past couple of seasons has been a bit of a, a bandaid. That's kind of how I want to explain it. And uh, meaning they patch it up because they don't have a long-term answer. And you look at guys like Kadarius Tony, it didn't work out for us. You know, we've had mm -hmm. some injuries this year, you know, you know, we'll probably bring Sterling Shepard back next year, I think for like morale purposes, but like Darius in, like, did he really work out for us? You know, we bring in Kenny Galladay for a three-year, that clearly was the biggest bust in America. So I'm looking at like Kenny Galladay was a Band-Aid for us. He's puts the Band-Aid on it. You know, I, I like Isaiah Hodgins, but you know, could he be coming in as a potential Band-Aid for us and things like that? So right now, I think that position, you're just kind of like covering it up. I'm like this will heal us for the time being, but 
The Giants need long-term answers at wide receivers. So unfortunately, with DeAndre Hopkins, like, of course you would want a star player like that on your team. But with his age and the amount of money he's going to ask for, with the amount of money we're going to have to pay Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, you look at people like Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, who, you know, Andrew Thomas, were like, money's coming up around the corner. It's getting very yeah. scary for us in probably in two, three years, maybe actually one year. It's getting pretty scary. I just think that that would be another quote unquote band-aid play for the New York Giants. And I'm cool with entering the draft this season and trying to put more faith into the future and building up on what could potentially come. Katie, I'm yeah. looking for a guy seven plus years, 10 years with the, I'm looking for that wide receiver that we can count on. And that could be there that maybe DeAndre Hopkins of the past that could stay with us long-term. So that's kind of my, like, I'm feeling lately the giants are using this and I call it the band-aid approach. I think yeah. that's really what it is. And listen, if you're all for that glorified band-aid and DeAndre Hopkins, that's fine. Like I said, yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to him joining the New York Giants. I think I'm just over that process. Right. I think, I think the devil's advocate thing is that, yes, we are missing wide receivers at, just as a group as a whole. But I think what people are looking at, like if, if they were to play devil's advocate with what you're saying, is that like the thing that the Giants are missing that a lot of other teams already have is like you have your like bonafide, like number one wide receiver. Right. We do. We don't have that. And to be fair, when we picked up Kenny Galladay in free agency, that's what we thought we were getting. That didn't work out. Okay. Right. So I get that. Um, I just think, can you draft, can you draft a rookie wide receiver to come in and immediately be your number one WR? Yes. It's difficult, and I think you're more so going to see it with a top draft pick, not the New York Giants at number 25. Right. So, yeah, like who, if we were to go that route of DeAndre Hopkins, it, it is a band-aid, but what is like glaringly missing for the New York Giants is a number one wide receiver. And I just don't know if we can get it in the draft, especially at the spot we're at. So, Maybe it's not DeAndre Hopkins because you did mention his age and that's, right. that is a factor, but we gotta, we definitely gotta look at some of these guys because we're, we're missing as a whole, but we're definitely missing a stud number one. Yeah. I just don't want to keep going around and around in this like, you I know, carousel, like it just constantly, because when DeAndre Hopkins is done in two years, then we did the guy in the draft work out? No, because we didn't give him enough reps. Then we got to go to someone. You know what I mean? I just feel like we're on this never ending. <laughs> Whatever they do, they got they got to get it. Unfortunately, like there's the short leash. Like they they got to get it right because this is right. this is like the number one thing in my opinion that the Giants are like missing right now. So absolutely. Um, my get it off my chest is just a nod to Doug Peterson, head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I know the nominees for the NFL honors came out today and he is one of five along with Brian Dable, one of five finalists for head coach of the year. And before this list come out, it was already in my mind that I feel like it should be Brian Dable or Doug yeah. Peterson. But I specifically want to say that 
I can't believe the job Doug Peterson has done with Trevor Lawrence, specifically Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars as a whole. Obviously, they were one of the worst teams in the league last year. Caitlin, you thought they would be like the worst team in the league this year. And it started off a little slow. And then they went on this incredible run and they went to the playoffs. And just like the New York Giants, they won a playoff game against a team that you know, maybe a lot of people thought they wouldn't be in the Los Angeles Chargers. But it was so crazy, the difference between Urban Meyer with Trevor Lawrence in year one versus Doug Peterson with Trevor Lawrence in year two. And I don't even want to chalk it up to like, oh, like Trevor Lawrence was a rookie and now he has a year under his belt and he's a sophomore and now he's like better. Yeah, I'm sure that did help, obviously, but I really feel like the major factor was the head coach. I think Urban Meyer literally did such a poor job that I was on this podcast, I was on this show saying, I think Trevor Lawrence might be a bust as that number one draft pick. I don't think he's a good NFL quarterback. I said that going into this season. And now look where we are. Like, and I know maybe I'm a little more high on him now than you are, but I do believe that a hundred percent he's the franchise quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We both already said it on this show that we think that the Jags are back and that they win their division again next year. Trevor Lawrence is similar. Like when I mentioned Josh Allen with his turnovers, yes, he's capable of throwing four touchdowns, but make sure you're not also throwing four picks in that same game. Right. Most of the time, you will not come out with that W. You will get a loss on that one. But I just want to say hats off. I don't know who's going to win this award. I I really do hope it's either him or Dable. Obviously, I want it to be Dable as a Giants fan. But if it ends up going to Doug Peterson, I know that it will have gone to a coach that absolutely 1,000% deserves it. So, yeah, I guess my get off my chest can also be hats off to both of them because they totally exceeded expectations and did a hell of a job this season. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. Uh, Doug Peterson, It's he was one of my other guys for this as well. Um, truly, truly turned that team around. You know, I think for the Giants, for to get an award like this would be like, yay, finally. <laughs> like, we made the right decision. It would be great. Talk about carousel. We've been on the goddamn head coach carousel for how, like, yeah. God knows how long. Like God, our guy would be very... But Jacksonville... Yeah coming off someone like urban Meyer, that's just embarrassing. I, I, as a fan, if I were a fan of the Jaguars, I, I would just be mortified. Like what, what were you saying? Disaster and a disaster is putting it lightly. Yeah. So for them to get a guy like Doug Peterson um, and to see what he could do, Mm -hmm. we've already seen Doug Peterson take a team to the Super Bowl. We've already seen what he can do. And now he's doing what he needs to do in rebuilding this Jacksonville team coming off of he had to Katie, imagine how much trust he had to build with that team coming off of urban Meyer. Like, I'm sorry. Like I'd walk in that locker room and be like, listen, I don't even know what you guys have to do. You're <laughs> taking over a team that is a complete and utter disaster. And I know they were talking about this whole situation on ESPN the other day. And they were like, he had to come in with Trevor Lawrence, specifically Trevor Lawrence, and start with him from scratch. Right. And like throw out year one and just be like, we're going to do this right. all over again and we're going to do it right. Yeah. So yeah. hats off to him. Honestly, he did a phenomenal job. Super impressive. So we'll we'll definitely see, obviously, as we, we inch closer, we'll see what's going on there. So. Yep. 
All right. Well, thank you guys, as always, for joining us for The Real Football Fans of New Jersey. Things you do not want to miss. I can't believe it, but The Real Houses of Salt Lake City Reunion 1, uh, Part 1, is on tonight at 8. It's already 8.40 here, though. But uh, So hopefully set your DVRs. I got to... Uh, I got to catch, catch up. up. So I'll catch up. Okay. Obviously, I want to watch that reunion. Uh, and the Potomac is still on Sundays at 8 p.m. We've got Championship Sunday with the AFC and the NFC Championship Games. We have San Francisco at Philadelphia at 3 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. And then Cincinnati at Kansas City at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. So, Get ready. Do your food shopping early on Sunday. Do what you need to do around the house and get your butts into the couch at 3 p.m. because you are going to be glued from 3 p.m. to about, I would think, like 9.30, 9.45. And then listen, and then you just go to bed and then get ready for Monday. So Monday will, it's Sunday night. Monday, we'll know who our Super Bowl matchup is going to be. We will. And if you have a horse in the race, Enjoy the weekend. Have some drinks. Celebrate if you no, want. I, I got I got a freaking horse in the race. Go Niners! I am all in on 49ers beating the Eagles. So that's my. That's no, my. I I very much have a horse in. Why the race. Is the Gi- every Giants fan <laughs> horse in the race right now is the San Francisco 49ers. So. I must just say, thank the Lord that we are not seeing a NFC Championship of the Cowboys and the Eagles, because then I just would have been like, you know what. I don't know. Like yeah. so the Niners took care of Dallas for us and they got to finish the job. Thank goodness. Please finish it because I don't <laughs> I can't hear it anymore. No. So. All right. Well, thank you guys as always for joining us. We will catch you next week and like Katie said, we'll have some Super Bowl contenders for you next week. I can't believe it, but we will. But thank you guys as always and we will catch you next time. Good night. Good night. Good night.